1: And share him with others. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with his
2: message for us today. I want to take you back to the year 1966. There were two men, one was named Bert, the other name was Adam. And Bert and Adam became huge television stars back in 1966. They captured a mass audience and a rabid fan base with their crime fighting ways. Their full names were Adam West and Burt Ward. Their television names are Batman and Robin, affectionately called and known as the Dynamic Duo. I want to share with you today the original Dynamic Duo, not Batman and Robin. They've only been around for a few years. I want to go back to thousand years in scripture and show you the original dynamic duo the two keys that will help anyone in this room to be able to share your faith effectively and to reach the unsaved for jesus christ number one write this down in your notes number one is prayer and prayer is something that anybody in this room can do but prayer is one of the dynamic duos as far as how we're going to win this city to jesus christ 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 reads, I urge you then, first of all, that request, prayers, and intercession and thanksgiving be made for who? For everyone. Now, we know the next verse that says we're to pray for those that are kings and for those in authority. We always quote 1 Timothy 2, 2, that says we're to pray for the kings and for those who are in authority, that we're to pray for for members of Congress, that we're to pray for whoever the president is, that they need prayers is what they need. But we always skip over the first verse that says that you and I as believers are supposed to be praying for everyone. Now, there are three things that happen when you pray. Number one, write this down. It softens hearts. It will soften your heart and it will soften the heart of anyone who you are praying for here's what most of us do we go through our daily activities and we're okay until we meet someone that aggravates us (laughs) or we meet someone that irritates us it could be at work it could be a neighbor but we're pretty good christians until we meet this one person and all of a sudden we just get agitated towards this individual and we start yelling at them or we'll curse them or we'll complain about them or we'll get on facebook and we'll say something bad about them on facebook or social media. And what you ought to be doing is you ought to be praying for that person. Because you're supposed to pray for everyone. And if you'd start to pray for that person instead of complain about that person, what you would discover is that God would begin to change your heart and you would begin to have compassion for the person that you were previously complaining about. Have Have you ever met someone or known someone who you thought to yourself, well, that person will never, ever become a Christian? Well, that thought... Proves that you've not been praying for that person. Because if you've been praying for that person, you wouldn't say, well, that person will never, ever become a Christian. That proves your heart's wrong. Because no one is without the reach of the love of God. God can save anybody. Secondly, God will begin to open up doors, He'll open up windows. We call these divine appointments. That's just what God does. As you pray, God will open up a window for that person to actually hear the gospel. As believers, we believe if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed that you can say to a mountain, mountain, move, and the mountain will move. And if we believe that God can move a mountain, if you have enough faith to believe that God can move a mountain, don't you think God can open up a door? I mean, which is more difficult, moving a mountain or opening a door? Which is more difficult, moving the mountain? But God will begin to open up doors. And number three, prayer will give you boldness. Because really, that's our biggest hurdle in sharing our faith. We're just afraid. We're just scared. Some of us are more scared than others. Peter wrote these words in Acts chapter 4, verse 29. He had been threatened. He'd actually been arrested and told, Don't you ever again speak ever again in the name of Jesus Christ in Acts chapter 4. He's released. And after he's released, after his arrest, here's his prayer in Acts four twenty-nine. Lord, enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness, because that's what prayer will do. It will enable you and to speak clearly and to speak boldly. Now, I want you to take your Bibles and turn to uh, Colossians chapter 4. I want to read to you a passage of Scripture here. Paul is writing to a church in Colossae, and the first word is the word in, in verse 2 is devote. Everybody say devote. And Paul writes these words, you all need to devote yourselves to prayer. Now, you're all devoted to something. Some of you are devoted to several things. But Paul says you need to devote yourselves to prayer. Being watchful and thankful. And then he said, while you're praying, I want you to pray for us too. That God will open a what? That God will open a door because that's what God can do. He says, when you're praying, I want you to pray for us that God will open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in. For which I am in. What's it say? For which I am in. Now let me get this straight. You're chained up. He's in chains. He's in jail. He's in prison. Why is he in there? Well, he's chained. He's in jail because he was arrested for preaching about Jesus Christ. So he's arrested, he's in jail. And he writes a letter to the church and he says, you all need to devote yourselves to prayer. And while you're at it, I want you to pray that God would open up doors for me to share my faith. Now, if you and I were in jail, in chained, we'd have written a letter to the church and we'd have said, hey, you all devote yourselves to prayer. And while you're praying, hey, pray that I get out of these chains. I want to go home. I'm in here unjustly. I need to get out. I want to get back to my family. That's what we'd have been praying. But Paul writes, I want you to pray. Devote yourselves to prayer. And while you're at it, hey, I want you to pray that somehow God will open up doors even though I'm in chains. I mean, what's he talking about? Well, maybe allow me to witness to the other prisoners. Help me to witness to the jailer. Help me to witness to the, those who I will stand before when they drag me out of here and throw me in court. Paul begins to pray, even though he's in prison, that that he would have opportunities, that God would open up doors for him to share his faith. It's amazing. Verse 4, pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. And then verse 5 and 6, they go together, but they're two different things. Verse 5 says, be wise. Everybody say be wise. And watch this. Be wise in the way that you ACT. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders, making the most of every opportunity. What he says in verse 5, pray that you are careful how you act. This is the way you live. This is what you do, the way you behave. Make the most of every opportunity. Why? Because people are watching you and they're watching me. So, so make the most of every opportunity, he says, and be wise in the way that you act. And then he comes to verse 6 that says, And let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with what? Now, if I was writing this, it would be salsa, but he writes salt. (laughs) So that you may know how to answer everyone. Verse 5 talks about how you act. Verse 6 talks about how you speak. And they go hand in hand. You see, and you begin to pray, God, help me to make the most of every opportunity towards the outsiders and the way I live my life. And then when someone asks me, help me to be able to give the right answer in verse 6. And Ephesians 6, verse 19, same guy, but a different letter to a different church. He writes, pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth that words may be given so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. And then he says it again in verse 20, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that even though he's in jail and even though he's chained, he says, pray that I may declare it declare it fearlessly as I should. Ladies and gentlemen, look at this sequence. When you begin to pray, God will soften your heart. He'll soften the heart of the person that you're praying for. God will then open up a door and enable you or enable someone to talk to that person in some form or fashion, and then God will give you boldness and the ability to speak clearly into that person's life. That's what happens when you pray. And I will tell you this, and please don't be offended by this, if you have never, ever led anybody to Jesus Christ ever in your entire life, and you've been an elder in the church for 60 years, it's because you truly have not been praying these things for a particular person, because God will do these things through prayer. Now let me give you the second half of the dynamic duel. The first half is prayer. Here's the second half. just as important is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that actually is the one who softens the heart. The Holy Spirit is the one who actually opens the door. And the Holy Spirit is the one who actually gives boldness. And you can be right here today, and you can pray for anybody in the entire world, and like a arrow, the Holy Spirit will go to wherever or whoever you're praying. You can be right here in the United States of America, and you can pray for people anywhere in the world. You pray, the Holy Spirit will move. He does three things. Number one, write this down. He prepares. It's what we call tilling the soil. He's getting the heart ready. That's what the Holy Spirit, he prepares. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. God is already preparing all this in advance. The Holy Spirit is preparing you and the Holy Spirit is preparing them. Isn't it true if there's someone who doesn't know Jesus Christ and God through this series is preparing you to be a little bolder and to be a little more fearless and to speak a little more clear, clearly into this person's life, don't you believe that the Holy Spirit is getting that person ready? And I will tell you this, when you witness to someone, you have no idea what God is doing behind the scenes to get that person's heart ready to actually hear what you have to say. But just know that's what the Holy Spirit does is He prepares. And number two, write this down. He positions. He positions. He will put you on a path just like this. You don't even know it, but you're on this path. And God has got this unsaved person on a path. And God is going to cross your path right in front of that person's path. And at that moment... As you share, it's going to be the right person at the right time, the right word for the right result. You will either plant a seed or you will water a seed that someone else planted, and God will give the increase. But God is the one who's positioning our footsteps. He does this all the time. We call this divine appointments. We'll talk more about this next week. David was just a shepherd boy when God anointed him to be the next king of Israel, David wasn't even in the lineup of the sons who were to be anointed the next king. He was off in in seclusion, and, and yet God had already selected him to be the next king of the nation of Israel for a specific time. Jonah, God called Jonah to go to a specific place. He wanted him to go to Nineveh. Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh, so he goes in the wrong direction. Well, he got on a boat and God caused a storm, and Jonah got thrown overboard. He got swallowed up by a well. He was in the belly of the well for about three days. All of a sudden, the, the fish got sick and spitted him out on the beach. Jonah got up and he ran to Nineveh, where God wanted him to go. I mean, God's got all this figured out. Let me read to you Acts chapter 17, verse 26. It says, From one man, Adam, he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. Uh, God did a good job of that. Yes. And He, God, determined the times set for them and the exact places where they should live. Who, who's they? The whole world. Wherever you live, God knew that you would be living where you live right now, and He knows where you're going to be living next. God determined all that. Verse 27. Verse God did this so that men would seek Him and perhaps reach out for Him and find Him, though He's not far from each one of us. And I believe with all of my heart that this series, I pray that God would open up your eyes and your heart to see that God needs you, that God is positioning you, God is directing you. And number three, write this down through the Holy Spirit, God will empower you. So your biggest fear is, I just don't know, I'm so scared. But the Holy Spirit of God is going to empower you. Acts 1.8, you will receive power. Everybody say power. power. You receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Matthew 28, 19, we looked at this last week. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father. That's a great task. How am I going to? You want me to go to the whole world and make disciples? Yes, well, that's a big thing. I'm kind of scared. The next verse says, surely I will be with you always to the very end of this age. You have absolutely nothing to fear because God will be with you. God will enable you and God will empower you to be his witness and to share his words and to speak to other people about their faith in Jesus Christ, amen? Amen. You have nothing to fear. God has placed this church here. There's two million people who live in this valley. Most of them are lost. They do not know Jesus Christ. If this valley was a city, it'd be the fifth largest city in the United States of America. And we're right here overlooking them, and God has called this church You don't think God has blessed this church? God has blessed this church and placed this church here so that we might set an example for this entire valley. But no wonder this city's lost. No wonder the world is lost. If Christians aren't burdened and pray, anybody can pray. And have God touch your heart and their heart and then have the Holy Spirit work in that person's life and the Holy Spirit work in your heart. Don't you see the dynamic duo of prayer and the Holy Spirit that we can, we can change this world, we can change this city, we can change your neighborhood, we can change this valley. We can do it. I believe we can if we who are saved will begin to have a burden for lost. I want you to take your outline. I want you to turn it over as we close. I want you to do this, all right? Write down names of people that you want to come to faith. Your neighbor, the person you work with, someone in your family. And just write their names. you got to get their names written down. Number two, write this down. Pray strategically. Then you begin to pray strategically for these people. That God would soften their heart. Just pray every day. God, soften their heart every day, every day, every day. Pray for divine appointments. God put me in the path of someone who needs to hear the gospel. You pray that every day. You pray for boldness and tact. Everybody say tact. Because you can be bold, but you have no tact. You're not going to do any good. You're not going to do any good. You've got to be bold. You've got to be fearless, but you have to have tact. You've got to be able to listen, read the situation, be able to respond to a question or to an event that will lead people to be inquisitive about the gospel and then be able to share what Jesus Christ has done in your life and what Jesus Christ can do in their life. We're going to help you with all this. Pray that God will help you to plant a seed that someone will plant a seed in one of those people's lives that God would help you to water a seed that's already been planted. Or pray, God, after I've planted a seed, help someone else to come along and and water that seed. You just begin to pray. Okay? And you just pray for salvation. Never give up. Everybody say, never give, never give up. Never give up. Just keep praying and praying and praying. God, use me. Use this church. Use my life group. Use use my influence. Use my gifts and my talents. Use my abilities. God, use my inabilities. Use my weaknesses. But God, speak through me. Use me as a vessel to make a difference. And number three, invite simply. I I was going to text. We're just going to do it in church, but we've run out of time. Invite simply. And you just, sooner or later, you're going to have to invite. You're going to have to say, hey, why don't you come with me to church next weekend? It'd be great. It'll be a great weekend for you to bring someone. You invite someone to your life group. And if you don't want to talk, you can text. All right cuz we text, right? How many of you text? You can text. Ask ask a person, is there anything I can pray for? I you know when a when a waiter comes out and brings the food, such I I always say, "Hey, do do we need to pray now? For, did you guys be, did you guys pray in the kitchen for the food or do we have to do I have to pray for it now?" And they'll they'll go. They'll they'll crack a joke. They'll go, "Oh, you better pray cuz I've been back. You better pray." And then I'll say, "Is there is there anything in, in, is there anything uh, in your life that you want me to that I could pray for?" You'll be shocked that people will, will respond. Usually, when a waiter comes to my table, the very first thing I say, "Hey," I go, "Hey, what, what is your name?" What is your name? They'll tell me their name, and so for the rest of the meal, I always call them by their first name. Then when they bring the food, I'll go, hey, is, have you, have you, Steve, have you prayed for this or do I need to pray for it now? And then I'll just say, hey, is there anything in your life that you want me to pray? We're, we're going to pray for the food. Do you want us to pray anything? Sometimes they'll stay and pray with you. It's amazing. But just ask people at work, is there anything, hey, I, I, I believe in prayer. Do you want me to pray? And then do you need a Bible? Do you have a Bible? We've got Bibles. In the book, I'll get, I'll get you a Bible. If you, don't, if you don't have a Bible, I'll get you one. And then sometime when you feel it's the right moment, you say, hey, would you, would you be interested in becoming a Christian? Would you like to become a Christian? Are you saved? Would you like to be saved? Do you have any questions about faith? Do you, do you have any questions about salvation? And if you don't know the answer, you just go, you know what? I'm gonna, you, you stay with me. Uh, I'm going to come back tomorrow. I'll have the answer. And it gives you a chance to have another meeting with that person. And you'll watch through this process. God will begin to use you to bring people into his kingdom. And all God's people said.
1: It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. we have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. Deep in the heart of every believer, there's a faint whisper, a call, a prompting. We go about our business and we hear it. We see and interact with lost people every day, and the whisper echoes again for us to share our faith and tell others about Jesus. And yet, we still resist. In his latest book, Compelled, Pastor Dudley Rutherford shares his earnest desire for each and every believer to be equipped with the good news of salvation. He encourages you with inspiring stories of men and women, young and old, who have accepted the irresistible call to share Jesus with everyone they meet and he provides practical methods to overcome your fears and effectively articulate the message of salvation. Thousands of readers have already taken advantage of this incredible book and now it's here for you. Compelled, the irresistible call to share your faith can be yours right now for a gift of $15 or more to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. It's as easy as calling our toll-free number 888-818-4777. That number again is 888 818 You can also get Compelled, The Irresistible Call to Share Your Faith on our website, liftupjesus.com. Our address again is liftupjesus.com. Discover for yourself the strength that awaits inside you to speak boldly to others of how Jesus Christ has changed your life forever. Don't hesitate. Call us right now and get your copy of Pastor Dudley's latest book, Compelled, The Irresistible Call to Share Your Faith today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at the same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.